0: Welcome back to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm super delighted to enter the midweek with the one and the only Cruzzy McCallaghan. Cruz, it's so lovely to always have you on the program. How, How are you doing this week?
1: I'm great. How are you doing this week?
0: I'm doing all right. Um, I think the weather, sort of being sunny, helps a lot. And you know, you're, if if I'm feeling down or if I'm feeling tired, then you know, a quick stroll down the road um, with the vitamin D sort of picks you up a yes, little bit.
1: Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and I think it's the Bali Festival this week, isn't it? If not today,
0: yes, so, it is. Yes,
1: yes, so that's something. That's something happy. That's making me happy. That's seeing right. everyone. <laughs> getting excited for the festival of lights but that's not what we're
0: talking about today that's oh uh, yes what are we so w- what's the big topic for this week uh
1: we're talking about the perfect body does such a thing exist? human
0: body <laughs> does such a thing exist and what is the ideal human body
1: Well, see, I was really curious about this. So I actually did some research, and it is so interesting. You are not going to know where this conversation takes us, and it will be a whole heck of a lot of fun. So firstly, um, it's important to know that our bodies as humans are far from perfect. We are the product of millions of years of evolution. But that process doesn't strive towards perfection. In fact, it doesn't strive towards anything. The whole process of evolution just happens because there are differences between individuals in a species, and some have a better chance of surviving and reproducing than others. There's never been a goal in mind. All that matters is those chances of survival and reproduction. It's a game that's played out in the moment between organisms and their environment. So if we look in detail at human anatomy, um, we're always left with these really irreconcilable thoughts. On the one hand, our bodies are these incredible, wonderful, intricate masterpieces, like the complexity of the circulation system. I mean, mind-blowing, right? And at the same time, they're kind of, cobbled together, rag bag, kind of clunky machines. And there are so many bits of our anatomy that could have been much, much better designed. I mean, if you think about it, as mammals um, our young, are pretty useless when they're born, because if they, their brains and their heads got any bigger, we wouldn't be able to have them. So they're born unlike, you know, think about like a giraffe, which has a baby that then leaps off into the distance. Ours are pretty vulnerable, if you know what I mean. So there's a lot of things when we think about that. Like if you were um, a designer of humans, you may have put a little pump in our leg veins to help blood back up to the heart and lower the risk of deep vein thrombosis. You might have put a link between the two coronary arteries so if one became blocked, the other one could take over. Um, and you could have done some things with the spine to sort out the chances of back problems. Um, some of these are niggling things, and some of them are really life-threatening. But They don't seem to have greatly affected our ancestors' chances of survival and reproduction. So natural selection hasn't noticed them, and we're stuck with them. So this is a really interesting thing when we think about a body. And so this is what I want to kind of chat about today. We're not talking about, like, what's the most beautiful body, because there is so much variation. Did you know, Noreen, I looked into this the other day, do you know how many human beings have existed no,
0: I wouldn't even know. I couldn't even give you a figure.
1: Right. So like you think about it, you're like, hey, right now on the earth, we have what, between seven and eight billion people. Yeah. Right. And that's every single person is about entirely. Seven,
0: yeah, about 7.7 billion. Yeah. So yeah. 8 yeah. That's so like,
1: you know, completely unique. But that's only at this exact snapshot in time. What about all the people who've died, all the people of the past? So I looked. Um, I looked into it, and there is a figure. There is a figure for how many really? people, human beings, there've been. They think, estimate. Do you uh, want to? Do you want to think of a... Do you want to guess?
0: Um, um, um th- 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 three hundred billion. Okay, <laughs>
1: that's a little mean, bit higher. Yeah, it's one hundred and five billion. One hundred and five billion people. Oh wow! One hundred and five billion people. That is. It's actually. I think we forget, billion is a lot, 105 billion people. That's a huge number of individual human beings.
0: That's almost too um, many people, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so it's kind of interesting. So when we think about like the perfect body and we think about what's, what works and what doesn't work, um, we can look at, for example, the human spine. So if we look at the human spine, it looks like this continent piece of engineering genius, right? But it almost seems designed to fail. Um, it, it, it seems designed to fail with age, and it comes with kind of built-in obsolescence. So, right, like our verte- a, verte- a vertebral column is made up of 33 vertebrae. The lower ones are fused, five to form the sacrum, and the last four as our coccyx or our tailbone. Um, the 24 vertebrae above the sacrum are separate units. Each vertebrae is joined to its neighbors above and below by small synovial joints towards the back. These commit a certain degree of movement between each pair of vertebrae, which is why we have that movement of the spine. But the main weight-bearing joints of the spine are the pillows of cartilage, the invertebral discs between the, body of the bodies of the vertebrae. So it's just bear with me a bit. I know I'm getting a bit technical. But like these no, discs, I love it. Um, They they have a fibrous outer ring, which itself consists of different layers, kind of like an onion, and the center of the disc is different. It's gel-like. It has the consistency of something like toothpaste, and it's held in place by that fibrous outer ring. And this gel helps spread the load across the surfaces of the opposing vertebrae, you know, which is how a young, you know, if you're a young person, that's how it should really work in your spine. I mean, mind-blowing engineering mind-blowing that you've got that that distribution of pressure and weight and everything else as you get older your discs get older and they start to degenerate the nucleus dries out and instead of spreading the load evenly it allows peaks of pressure to form and little fractures form. And all of these things happen. And that's when people have, you know, this gets worse and worse. So people have a slipped disc, which is quite a common problem to think about somebody who's had a slipped disc. Oh, so painful. And if you look at archaeological human remains, you can see this degenerative disease. You can see that this is something that people have had for generations upon generations upon generations. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting in that way that we think, you know, this, our bodies, like evolution, hasn't necessarily solved any problems. Um, and if we look into ourselves, if all of us um, were to have an MRI, for example, you'd probably be quite amazed by the things you find. Not to be quite a depressing person, um, but there was recently a study of 666 apparently healthy people um, who went and had an MRI, and 659 of them had some kind of incidental finding. Some very, some were very minor and others were very serious. Like oh. our bodies are just, I remember, um, watching a medical documentary once where a young doctor said anatomy is subject to variation. And that always stuck with me. Um, you know, that it's, even though we have this model of what a human being body should look like, even in a like science classroom with all the organs where they should be, there's actually a lot of variation once you get inside it. And, um, and that's on like, you know, on that kind of a level. So it's kind of interesting in that way that we haven't been um, much, uh, haven't really gotten much better. Now, um, of course, when you think about like what would make the perfect body, um, what do you think of?
0: the perfect human body. I think about a healthy body that, you know, has no pain. Um, yes, re- pain-free. That's, yeah, pain-free. That, that's, that's kind of important because I've been experiencing some um, pelvic uh, pain recently. My 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 bottom hurts. It sounds a bit weird to admit on air. Um, but it hurts <laughs> when I walk um, sometimes and I've got shooting mm-hmm. pains down my leg. So <laughs> I, I know <laughs> it sounds a bit like a broken body, to be honest. Um, so yeah, pain-free body is, is what's beautiful. Um, and a, a non-fatigued body you know, just mm. I, I think a, a healthy mind, yes that's that's an important body for me yeah. what, what about for you, Cruzie? Yeah.
1: yeah, see I, I think it's that, I think it's like you said, I think it's that idea of not having pain, I think it's the idea of having energy and maybe, I think it's like both of us being kind of disability advocates you realise how much um, sometimes our ableism can feed into what we think about as being a perfect body because somebody may have limited mobility. Yes. They may not, um, you know, they may have lots of energy and they may have, a, they may have no pain, but they may not have movement. Um, and so it's like, it's interesting to think about what we covet as being the perfect body. I think sometimes when we look at the Olympics, I always think, okay, this is the ultimate in the human body experience right, the Olympics, these are like the ultimate human bodies, and they're pretty amazing in terms of their performance. And then you watch the Paralympics, and you think, wow, these are pretty amazing in terms of their mm, performance.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: so I think there's a very, uh, it, It's. I think as a, as a species, we're constantly trying to pull ourselves towards that median, that middle, what is that average? And it's just having had 105 billion human beings on the planet, I don't know if it's possible. Cruz, it's because we're both quite
0: mature mums. And, you know, if we were to ask, I don't know, guys, what the perfect body is, they might say (laughs) something very different. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, but then isn't that interesting? They probably would. They probably would say, you know, like a double D, size this. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's part of our lexicon. A bigger
0: something, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I never really thought about it so much until i had a daughter with dwarfism right and you realize how damaging a statement of saying oh my type of guy is someone who's tall dark and handsome and you're like yeah. well I, that's quite exclusionary i mean obviously everyone has the things that they they like in someone or not and are physically attracted to but we have this real a sense of like you know men must be taller than women in our stereotypes. not everybody can and- be
0: like steve james
1: you know? <laughs> it's, it's exactly that and so it's quite interesting in that way um but yes yeah, so it's it's quite um it's interesting to know that we and i think we basically we as human beings we peak out and then we just sort of slowly start to deteriorate um and not through any fault of our own um even the world's most athletic um healthy eating uh healthy person will eventually die of something right that's kind of just the way that we're designed um i guess i want to say for now which is a creepy thought but it, it kind of is um and so that's it's it's you know they, they look at like why different people are in different in different ways and we see that our um and we're learning more about this all the time we're seeing that changes in our environment can shape the way we grow and change um they can shape our, our genetics uh, how our um, our grandparents or our great grandparents, the the if they experienced poverty, if they experienced privilege, it might affect our genes decades, generations later. It's fascinating what can um, what can make us feel um, uh, like we have the right body or not. Um Based on all these different things, um but if we look at this, there was a very interesting person, which is kind of the crux I wanted to say today. There was an anatomist called Alice Roberts who was a medical doctor and a writer, and she decided to cut through all of this chat about what is the perfect body, is it tall, is it short, is it fat, is it thin? is it this type of body shape, is it this colour, is it what is the perfect body? And she actually looked at what would make a perfect human body, and it's fascinating. Her vision of human perfection had nothing to do with modern standards of fitness and beauty. Rather, she imagined how a person's body could be improved upon by swapping out some of our less successful features for more desirable body parts that have evolved in other animals. I okay. think I Googled that
0: image. Yeah, please. Can you describe yes, it yes. for our listeners, Cruz? Yes.
1: So, um, so she collaborated with artists and biologists to build a model of her own body that was modified from head to toe with adaptations intended to improve on the human form. Um, together, they created the Alice Roberts 2.0, which was human-like, but with some very unsettling differences. For example... It had flaring feline ears, a marsupial's pouch, and oversized octopus like eyeballs. <laughs> and this project was a three month challenge, right, to iron out problematic details in human anatomy and shaped by our evolutionary past and replace them with structures that were more durable, more efficient, or less untidy. And to build her body, she submitted a full-body 3D scan, which an anatomical artist and sculptor used as a digital foundation for this new improved body. And then she put together a wish list of modifications from the inside out. And as I mentioned, so the top of her list were large feline ears to amplify sound and enlarged eyes that would be wired like those of an octopus to do away with the blind spot that's produced by the construction of our own optic system. So our own optic system actually has Um, a blind spot um, where the nerves leave the back of the eye right so um, then she borrowed a birth strategy from marsupials uh, so from like kangaroos and wallabies and things like that and she said giving birth to young at a very early stage and harboring them in pouches to alleviate childbirth difficulties pregnant by human pelvises Um, yes and you know which is ridiculous because our structure which supports upright walking you know for most people, being bipedal, um, is actually less des- desirable for delivering large headed babies but we do it anyway because it hasn't caused enough problems for us to revolve away from it. Um, as a replacement for human legs, okay this is a fun one, which have a lot of their mass distributed far from the centre of the body, she looked at bipedal ostriches for inspiration. And new legs featured the bulk of their muscle concentrated closer to the pelvis with bigger tendons for shock absorption. Can you imagine how epic it would feel to run with the legs of an ostrich? Blade runner. (laughs) (laughs) It would be, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be absolutely incredible to have that. You just have that real like to just go Um, and of course other improvements she also looked at were under the skin so it would be having lungs like a bird's lungs which process oxygen more efficiently we'd have a shorter and more stable spine like those of chimpanzees and we'd have more links connecting the coronary arteries which would enable both arteries to funnel blood to all parts of the heart as in the case of dogs and guinea pigs so we have this thing where if you block your coronary artery it's extremely life-threatening, right? Like it's a very dangerous problem. Our hearts are incredible machines that just pump and pump and pump from the minute we're born to the well before we're even born, actually, don't mm-hmm. they? They're pumping before we're even born, um, you know. And and there's very little we can do to replicate the heart structure. It's just absolutely incredible. But dogs have better functioning hearts. A guinea pig has a better functioning heart. Birds
0: have better functioning lungs, very efficient lungs uh, to to process um, oxygen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. that's exactly it. Sorry, not and then, Blade
0: Runner. I meant Road Runner, that cartoon. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just Oh no, I don't know. <laughs> I like the sci-fi element of Blade Runner. I don't know. I like, I was thinking,
1: did they was there running in that yeah, movie? Yeah, It was a running. Was like, no, yeah, no, know. I meant
0: Road, runner that, Road that, runner, that bird.
1: But it's like that, yeah, know. Yeah, because
0: yeah. that bird has very efficient lungs for to, to process oxygen. C- can I add one more feature? I would, I would make the Deep. ideal human body. You know how owls can turn their head two hundred and seventy oh, yeah. degrees. Mm-hmm. That would be quite good. Sometimes I feel like mm. when I'm driving, I'd love to just sort of, like, you know, turn my head all the way around. Well,
1: maybe we will. I mean, even the fact that, like, you know, we have teeth, but then people have a lot of problems with their teeth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, wouldn't it be easier if we could just suck on bits of fruit forever and ever? But we couldn't. We We evolved to have teeth so we could grind up plant matter and meat matter, right? Or like just have lots of teeth, like day, sharks,
0: so that when one falls Pardon? out, um, or lots oh, of teeth, exactly. like sharks. Or... a mouth full of them. Um, we wouldn't be yeah, very I mean... attractive, though. <laughs> but then everybody would look like <laughs> that, so it wouldn't matter.
1: It's true. Um, but I do I do recommend having a Google of Alice Roberts' perfect body um, because you, it will be a real game-changer for a lot of people when we think about What does it actually mean to have a perfect body? And in today's world, I think we get concerned and I think that the disability advocate in me, um, wants to embrace people for their differences all the time. And I think we put a strange amount of value on creating an average that just doesn't naturally exist, right? Like Mm. if even if you took every, if you took a group of 10 individuals and you decided they were all going to look like the perfect human body inside and out, you couldn't, you, you physically couldn't do it. You couldn't do it with medicine. You couldn't do it with surgery. There would always be variations. No one can, I mean, like, yes, we know identical twins can look like one another, but you can't make someone look exactly like somebody else, like, even on an, an anatomical level. Um, maybe you will be able to one day, I suppose. And I suppose that's where the crux is, the hope that we with could swap out ourselves if we yeah. didn't like ourselves. Um, but I think it's funny that once um, once you start um, thinking about what really matters in in your body, and you think about, and I think having children has made this for me as well. I have two children, look very different to me, um, and they always will. Um, but I think um, I think that's a really interesting thing to think about. Is you realise like, gosh, you know, I, I would definitely love some ostrich legs, but otherwise, I think we're all just designed to be our own people, to be honest.
0: Absolutely. Cruz, well said. Thank you so much for your sharing. And like uh, Cruz Z said, uh, if you get an opportunity to uh, then Google uh, perfect body and uh, Alice Roberts, a very interesting uh, image, almost avatar-like, you know, the movie. I'd
1: I'd try it for a day, wouldn't you? I would try it for a
0: day. Absolutely. (laughs) Cruz, thank you so much for your time today, and I look forward to catching up with you next time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.